When it comes to business ownership and entrepreneurship, productivity can be king. But what happens when getting shit done shouldn't be the gold standard? Hi, welcome to an important conversation here on Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today, I want to have a conversation with you about something I'm not sure I've even really discussed too much on the show. It's the idea of over functioning. So I think a lot of times when we think about business ownership and we think about entrepreneurship, the gold standard is getting shit done, figuring out how to get the most done in the least amount of time, solving problems effectively, learning how to batch your content, learning how to set goals, managing times and that you might be distracted, managing situations that might take, you know, excessive amounts of time that, you know, more than you would plan per se. And I think sometimes this is a hidden conversation that nobody brings to the forefront because we're supposed to be really good at it. We're supposed to be problem solvers. We're supposed to be resilient and able to bounce back from failure and able to stand up after we've been knocked down. And I was thinking about this in particular after I recorded an episode that I did for you all last week when I was talking to you about how do you stay mentally tough when you're chronically tested. And there's a lot in that episode that I'm proud of. I really love that I do mindset in real time, that I share with you my lessons, that I share with you insights I've learned about myself and my own journey that, you know, I'm transparent about that when I have those conversations with you. And I was listening um, back to parts of it, um, (laughs) mostly to ensure that I was clear because I think I might be turning that episode into like an ebook or something. So I was listening to the way I presented it, the order in which I presented it to see if I still had buy-in into the concept to see if it might be something that I want to use in a different way in addition to the podcast episode. So in any case, I was listening back and I started listening to all the things I had gotten done that I was telling you about. I listened to all the obstacles that I had encountered and the way that I had problem solved them. And that initial you know, sort of impression of those things is what a badass, right? Like, you know, like, you know, she just went at it. She, nothing stopped her. She just kept on going and she stayed positive and she stayed focused. And I did a lot of that. And I did a lot of it well because I used the strategies that I talked to you about in that episode. So even though I'm going to be tarnishing the image behind that episode just a little bit in my discussion with you today, I do think if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's worth going back and having, you know, having a listen to it so you can see the context. And also, too, I think there's really good skills and strategies there. But one of the things that happened as I was listening back to it is I realized, oh, there's one of my old ghosts, one of my old sort of shadows that always lurks in the corners that comes out every once in a while. And that's the idea that when life gets hard, I tend to over-function. 
I not only set expectations, I set really high expectations and I meet them. I think it starts as a desire to um, to not be bested, right? It starts as a desire to rise above, to be my best, to show up in a way that I can be proud of and feel good about no matter what's going on around me. But the other thing, and I, I think a lot of people are going to relate to this, and I actually think that this might be something that more women than men relate to, but men feel free to write in and tell me about this. But it's this idea that I start to over-function. I start to do things that don't necessarily belong or fall in my pile, but I've created some sort of story or some sort of circumstance why it has to be me who does it instead of actually having the person responsible do it. I start to get super organized and super streamlined and come up with all these systems you know, systems and ways of moving through the world because it will feel efficient and it will feel productive. And largely when I'm looking at this, and a lot of times when I do this, it is in my personal life. I think that, you know, I'm somebody who preaches boundaries day in and day out. And I feel as though in my business life, I have a pretty good sense of my boundaries and I'm pretty consistent with them. It's in my personal life where it tends to get a little bit muddy because I maintain the boundary, but what I end up doing is absolving others of responsibility and adding responsibilities to my plate. I think it starts as a control mechanism that it's so much easier for me if I just do it myself rather than take the extra steps to, you know, ask my husband for help or show him how to do it or ask somebody else to do it. And then I think the second piece attached to it is avoidance. That when things get really busy, and I think that's what happened for me in the past month as you kind of listen to the episode and you listen to all of the things that I had been managing, you'll see that it was a lot of tasks and things to do. And I'm a mindset and leadership expert, right? Like mostly I talk for a living. I'm either talking to you on this podcast or I'm talking to my clients. There's not a lot of, you know, systemic items on a to-do list that I have to do every day. I meet with my clients. I engage in visibility and marketing strategies, and I record my podcast, which is included in my visibility and marketing plan. So for me to have that many things to do is kind of not typical for me. And I I don't think it's something that I um, always know how to organize for myself. But what I realized is when things got busy, it was easier for me to just do it or me to solve the problem than take the time to have the conversation that would get somebody else to do it. So not only am I trying to control the outcome, I'm avoiding what I imagine to be a hard conversation, an awkward conversation. Usually for me, it's the tedious conversation that I try to avoid. I don't want to get in the details. I don't want to explain things down to five to six different steps. So I just decide to do it myself. And I was, as I was listening back to this episode and kind of outlining if I were to make this an ebook or something, I had this vivid memory of a story. And I don't think it's come up on the show before. You all know that 
I'm kind of known for repeating stories from time to time, but I want to take you back to, I guess it was like winter of 2000 and uh, it was probably winter of 2006 to 2007. It was the first winter that I had gotten my husband. He had newly been injured in 2005 with a spinal cord injury and I had gotten him adaptive ski lessons and we were heading into New Hampshire and we were, um, you know, he was going to have his first kind of day ski. And if you haven't heard the story before, I'm I'm sure it's in a back episode of one of my podcasts because it's just one of my favorite stories where, you know, he just kind of figured out that like he was going to be okay. And I always say about that first day skiing for him, um, you know, the doctor saved him, um, but the ski instructors gave him a reason to live and showed him how to live. And I've always been grateful to that school and to the community and to the magic of everything that that happened. And one of the things that when I like move past the sort of the joy and the just uh, the, the, the light that I felt in me watching um, Damon just kind of ski down the uh, mountain for the first time when I like let that take a seat in its own place in the corner for a second. The next thing I remember is the lunch break. So after all the students had come in, they, you know, they had their lunches, they used, you know, like they used their time to warm up and dry off and all of that. They were getting ready to go back on the mountain towards the end of their lunch break. Um, My husband was in his chair um, and at the time I picked up his winter coat and I started helping him uh, put it on. Uh, It's kind of, if you've ever tried to put on a coat when you're sitting down in a chair, you can kind of walk yourself through the visual of that. It's not necessarily easy. And so it was easy for me to pick up the coat to kind of guide his arm in through the sleeve, move the coat around him and put his arm on. And this woman tapped me on the shoulder and she motioned me to follow her. And she said, careful there. If you put that coat on him now, you will be doing that for the rest of your life. And I thought about it and it was this moment of, yes, it's easier for me to just put the coat on him than watch him struggle. But yes, if he doesn't learn to figure this out, how to manage a bulky winter coat with a wheelchair while he's, you know, managing gloves and helmet and this, that, and the other thing, if he doesn't figure out his own system for doing it, yes, in fact, I will be responsible for doing that for the rest of our lives. And we were really young at the time. So it was this moment of pause and it was this clear idea for me of over-functioning. It was going to be easier for me to help him put on the coat than it was for him to put on his own coat. So I might as well do it. And I want you to start to think about either in your life or in your business, what are the things that you are taking on because it feels easier at the time to do it yourself than have someone else do it? I can't tell you how many business owners I talk to on the regular who don't delegate enough tasks to the staff members they've hired to help them because they don't want to take the time to teach, to communicate the details, or they're trying to avoid an accountability discussion where it's, hey, I 
I asked you to do this. You didn't get it done. I'm wondering why. We tell ourselves in the moment when things either become intimidating, when things become particularly stressful, or when we feel too busy to manage somebody else, we do it ourselves. And if we set that up, and I am talking to you from personal experience here, nothing gets us to burn out faster. That sometimes we have to slow down. That getting shit done and doing all the things and managing all the details is not actually the way. The way is about looking at what our resources are and making sure that our resource list is longer than simply us solving the problem, us doing the thing. Because if we have team members who are eager to help, who it's in their job description to help, we should be asking them for help. If we have partners who can take on some of the burden in our personal lives, be it the chores or be it hard conversations, like that's what partnership's about. And if we're not engaging in true partnership by sharing the responsibility, that is the fast track to resentment. That is the fast track to just being pissed off and irate. And you've heard in some of the episodes that I've talked to you about, about that, that that's what ended up popping up for me. I could look at the list of like, I could look at the list rather of like the physical things that I had to do. Because obviously my husband's disabled. A lot of like moving an apartment involves physical labor. He's not going to be able to do everything and that's fine. But where I failed myself and I think I, I failed us is I never made a list of what it was he could do, like how he could help, how he could contribute. Instead, I kept saying things like, well, I'm the one who works from home, so it should just be me. I'm the one who can pack that box in way more time, so it should just be me. And I never paid attention just stupid things like if you've ever tried to pack a box how often the tape gets stuck to the tape roll and all I needed to do on any given day when I was packing all the boxes is have all the boxes packed and then ask for his help in taping them up because he can do that sitting in a chair or he can at least like hold the tape so it doesn't fold back on itself but I didn't even look for those opportunities I didn't even look for ways that it could be someone other than me to solve the problem. Admittedly, I have to tell you, like, I think some of this is ego, right? Because I kind of felt good and cocky about myself. Like, look at everything I've accomplished. Look at all I'm managing. And it felt kind of good to be the one who is getting it done. And I think that's a little bit why it's become the gold standard. That feeling and that sensation of capability is it's addictive in a way because how often when we're trying something new, putting something new out into the universe, do we go, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is any good. I don't know if I'm the right person for this. So when we're not filled with doubt and we're just getting it done and another thing has been taken off the list and we've solved another problem and we're moving on to the next thing, that feels really good. But we don't manage our reserves when we're doing that. And we're moving through the world as if we're never going to run out of gas, as if the tank is never going to get empty. And when I, you know, I think I've talked to you about the, 
this on the show too, that there were like clear points where I simply like beginning, middle and end ran out of reserves and I was getting easily overwhelmed by things that typically would not overwhelm me. I was getting emotional and irritable at times that really were out of character for me. And when I looked at that, like it was like a lightning bulb went off as I was listening back to that episode that yes, there's a lot of capability in that episode that's worth noting and celebrating and being proud of. There's a lot of good strategy there that I think people can genuinely learn from. But then at the end of the day, there is also room in that conversation for me to hold accountability with myself for why did it always have to be me? And why did the expectations have to remain so ridiculously high? And how could have I, how could I have avoided resentment? How could have I, you know, how could I have really encountered and created a team environment in this situation? And how could I have let my ego maybe go down about 10 notches and not be the greatest, the most effective, the most productive, but instead like kind of be one with everyone else in that being human category. I'd like you to use this conversation as a touchstone in your own life for where, as I'm talking, this resonates with you, that you're catching yourself doing that too. And what are you doing and how can you go about undoing that? Either by asking for help, accepting help, lowering expectations, not requiring that everything gets done the second it needs to be get you know, needs to get done. And maybe you can spread it out across a couple of days. But where can you go easy on yourself? Because in a land where everybody's celebrating getting shit done, I think we also, while we're at it, have to give ourselves permission to create some balance. That getting shit done can look differently. It doesn't always have to look, you know, like full throttle, you know, all systems go that sometimes it can be, I'm going to do this today and I'm going to do this tomorrow. Because here's the thing, my friends, we all have a responsibility to think about ourselves and our businesses with the long game in mind, that this is a marathon, not a race. So we have to pace ourselves. Otherwise, at really critical moments, when we need to be all in, when we need to have everything we've got, the moment we can, you know, press go on it, we're not going to have anything there. We're not these bottomless pits of reserves. I've talked to you in other episodes about filling our bucket and taking care of ourselves and making sure that we, you know, apply self-care in our regular every day. And all of that's important. But one of the most important things when it comes to self-care is not burning ourselves out at both ends needlessly. That sometimes it's absolutely going to have to be us and there's not going to be a lot of other options. But when it doesn't have to be us, we have a responsibility to share the burden. 
I, I hope this conversation gives you a moment of pause. I hope there's been at least one moment where you're like, oh yeah, me too. I do that. And I hope you can use this conversation as a foundation for what you can do differently to look forward to and take care of your long game. If you're getting value from this show, if you're finding these kind of conversations helpful and pivotal in your own life, the best way to support me is to help me get the word out about what I'm doing and the conversations I'm having, please do take a moment to use your podcast app. However you're finding me for this show, please go into your podcast app and leave a review. And please do tell your friends, family, business colleagues, anybody who needs a little bit of inspiration, motivation, and mindset strategy in their lives, how to find me and where to find me because I'm here five days a week. Thank you so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.